Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. If you're going to the bathroom once a day, maybe you're just recycling back into the system and you are dealing with now these excess estrogens once again, and they become even more toxic in that way. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life Podcast, where our only priority is providing those aha moments to uplevel your life, health, and happiness. Your host, integrative dietitian nutritionist Krista Bigler, helps health conscious women reduce the stress and confusion around food, fatigue, digestive, and skin issues at lessstressnutrition.com. Now, on to the show. One of my clients who actually found me on a podcast was recently lamenting about how much she learned from podcasts, but also felt like she was getting so much information, she didn't know what to do with it or take from it. Learning is everything in life, but how do you remember what you learn or put it into action? Well, we grow and retain our learning when we share it with others. That's why I want to invite you to my new Facebook group for the Less Stressed Life podcast, the Learn, Grow, Share Circle.com. This group started as texts with friends and listeners talking about those aha moments from episodes. I thought, why don't we all get to have this talk? When you listen to an episode and wonder, did anyone else try that? I want to be able to share updates and things I've learned since the episode recording. And now more than ever, community is of paramount importance. To join the group, just go to learngrowsharecircle.com and join the conversation. I called it learngrowsharecircle.com because that's really how I see this. That's how I feel about podcasts. You want to share your aha moments, your wins, your questions, your thoughts to get the most out of this podcast. I'll see you there. Okay, today in the Less Stressed Life, we have Kitty Martone, aka the Healthy Gut Girl, who is the creator of the Total Gut Makeover, author of the Gut Health Diet for Beginners and the Four Week Gut Health Plan, and host of the podcast, this is a fun title, Stuff Your Doctor Should Know. Kitty is a holistic health educator, investigative (laughs) health journalist. We recently met at a conference in the lunch line and got to talking podcasts (laughs) and decided to do a little chat. So welcome, Kitty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's talk about, well, we ran into each other at this hormone conference. And so I'd like to know Mm -hmm. why you decided to come to that. Like, let's talk about your background and how you got to where you are now. 
Okay. Well, I just love that we met in the lunch line. It's just <laughs> classic, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it was, I guess the whole reason that I went is I've been offering the Dutch for a while now, for probably a year and a half, I guess. And I realizing that the more I research hormones and the more I learn, that the more complex <laughs> the Dutch was getting. And I thought, okay, this, I'm missing a whole bunch of stuff. So I felt like if I went to the conference, I could kind of get more proficient at reading it. And I just needed to really sink myself in deep with it if I was going to be offering it, of course. Mm-hmm. And then it's just kind of a, an enlightening thing as far as, you know, sort of expanding my education as far as hormones go. And I was blown away, weren't you? It was oh, great. It was intense. And I would love to talk about our takeaways in a minute here. But let's talk about first, like, where the interest is in hormones and then kind of even well before this. So, like, you help people with hormones, you are interested in gut stuff. But when did that where did that come from? What is the real background here? Because you had a chef life, you worked along Mm -hmm. some other big nutritional people like Donna Gates is the body ecology person who's like, big into fermented foods, etc. How did you get kind of where did that all start? Well, it started with I think a lot of us with our sort of own healing journeys and being you know, pretty sick for most of my life uh, since infancy all the way through adulthood. And then just at the end of my road with a conventional medicine, I could no longer, you know, continue to do the drugs and whatnot. So I started to seek out alternative therapies, which is how I met my husband. And I was doing acupuncture and I was doing Reiki, you name it. I was looking for every way to help find some balance in my personal life. And my husband was not just your sort of conventional chiropractor. He does this very holistic approach to it. So he doesn't just, you know, crack your neck and send you on your way. He does this whole process of, you know, what's going on in your life, you know, everything. And I was blown away by this because I had never seen anybody work like that And at that time. And he introduced me to, you know, like changing my diet and diet elimination and fasting and parasite cleanses and, you know, heavy metal cleanses. And I was like, whoa, there's a whole world out here. And I just started to dig in. And then, you know, we fell in love, we got married, and we opened a business. And this is the Cliff Notes. We opened a business called Dedicated Wellness, which is is now going on 20 years that he's been working in Santa Monica. And he has a large demographic of his practice is children with disabilities. So in the autistic spectrum, children with cerebral palsy, also spinal cord injuries. And so I took an interest in trying to help. So I went to school for nutrition. And in that process, I realized that everything that I was learning were things I couldn't apply to these children's lives because they were either on G-tube, you know, feeding tubes, or they were, I just couldn't put them on a supplement protocol or anything like that. So um, I started to sort of investigate other ways and other means of helping them. And I stumbled upon Donna Gates and fermented foods. And she works with children in, who are autistic as well. And so she had all these methods of sort of sneaking in fermented foods into their diets and just different ways of altering their palate so they're not craving simple sugars so much. It was just this incredible education and it changed my life. And I stalked her. I literally would just go to wherever she was talking <laughs> until finally, yeah. I said, you know, I have some culinary background. I hadn't gone to school yet for it, for to be a chef. I just had some culinary background of, you know, like in the kitchen on my own. And I told her, I can make these fermented foods. I can be your demo chef. And so she said, okay. 
And I started working with her, traveling different places and demonstrating how to make cultured foods and fermented foods. And that was it. That's how. And then I went to culinary school. So I would not chop my fingers off in front of people and I could learn knife skills and, you know, the basics. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's why I ended up with a little bit of a chef background. <laughs> I for love that. that. Specific reason. I like yeah. that story. For one, your husband's working in a field where we need a lot more helpers, right? It's kind of a tricky field, right? Because some things that should be easy aren't easy because of other barriers, right? And right. so it's cool. I like the moral of that story. When you want something, really go for it, right? Like follow this person <laughs> around. I was wondering, do you guys, did you live close to each other or something? Is that how that was so Yeah, busy? it was. That was, I mean, this is crazy. This makes you feel like there's definitely some divine intervention at work here because I had read her book and I was obsessed and I was sitting in the lobby of my husband's office and I was sitting there talking to a client of his and I said, I had the book in my hand and I said, um, I'm really, really want to meet this person. I want to meet Donna Gates. And he's like, he was just asking me about my career. And he said, I have a friend who is a publicist. You might want to talk to her. So she comes into the office one day and we meet. And I said, I really want to meet Donna Gates. And she said, I'm Donna Gates' publicist. Mm. (laughs) It was so weird and random. And she didn't live here yet. She lived in Atlanta. And so she just started to get me, you know, to introduce me. And so it became easier after that. But Mm. um, so that was just definitely you know, some magic at work there. Mm -hmm. I love when it's a small world, especially in California. Well, since this is like the beginning of the fermented food story, tell us about a time or a case study where fermented foods were really critical and and how they transformed a client or your husband's client or, or some story from your practice. Oh, man, there's so many. But one of my favorites is we worked in conjunction with a center called the Napa Center. And they're still here in LA. And they are specific to helping children who are vaccine injured, children who are, you know, in the the same thing, all these sort of disabilities and whatnot. And they have these neuro suits. They're incredible, these suits. This is a a topic for another day. Maybe you can have someone on from this place. They're so amazing. They were designed by NASA for when the people came back from the International Space Station. They put these suits that have these bungees on them and it allows them to like re- ignite, if you will, their musculature again, so they can feel themselves in time and space again. So they're not feeling like they're this anti-gravity that takes a toll on their bodies. Mm. Well, the children have these similar issues too, where they've got this flaccid composition with their muscles and their, mm-hmm. you know, they, and so these suits give them this awareness that they're even present at all, which is amazing for some of these babies. It's, it's critically amazing. It's profound. And so I went off there a little bit. So the center People would come from all over the world to get these treatments. And Charlie, my husband, was part of that. And so one of these little girls that would come from all the way from Bangkok, she had acid reflux. They never knew her to not throw up and foam at the mouth after meals and in the middle of the night, ever. She had acid reflux. They had her on Nexium. By the time I met her, she was already five. And she was still the size of an infant. And she was, you know, she had severe acid reflux. So we were doing all kinds of things for her. But one of the things that we did was add coconut water kefir. So not like Kavita, but more like something that's lacto-fermented, very, very strong, very vinegary. You can make it yourself and it's uh, powerful. And you take like one or two ounces at the time for a a child that size, you would take like an eyedropper. They were giving it to her every night and after every meal and just like medicine. And the first night that they gave it to her, she did not spit up and throw up her food and she slept through the night just with that one we also were doing some 
peppermint oil with coconut oil kind of diluted mixed on her belly just to kind of ease up her nausea and her bloating. But that, just that coconut kefir. And so my husband was working on her not too long ago and I hadn't seen her in a while. They still do it because it's what keeps her from having the acid reflux. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's profound because these children's lives are already impacted. Their quality of life is tough as it is. But then to have these other things and be able to help them in that way, it was so rewarding and incredible. I've seen, you know, old, really, really old people that can't even eat anymore who are definitely like, this is it. They're on their way out. These are their last days to all of a sudden be able to take cultured foods and then, you know, extend their life and their quality of life longer because they're getting all this nutrition, but it's pre-digested by the bacteria. And so not only is it a hundred times more nutritious thanks to the bacteria's work, but they're actually getting fed, right? They're getting sustenance. Mm -hmm. And so... And they're, you know, adding to the probiotic content of their stomach, of their actual upper GI, because we know it, it can't do that in the lower GI. We know that now. Have you seen their appetite then increase sometimes when you've done that? I think that once they start, like once they realize it's medicinal food and they would begin the process, the protocol, they would do it, like, do it as medicine. They would just do it. Mm-hmm. And then once they started it, they would start to crave it and they would start to get hungry for those foods. And that was pretty cool. And then you could shift them from the veggies to like goat kefir and things like that, that would actually start to put a little, you know, weight on them. So yes, I didn't ever see anybody feel like they all of a sudden, you know, completely remediated their entire dietary, the way they, you know, they eat or getting their appetite back completely. But it certainly added nutrition and they craved it. They felt like they enjoyed it. You know, nobody was grossed out by it or anything like that. You know, they looked forward to it. Well, I asked because I work with a bunch of children and sometimes when we've done certain types of prebiotics that we go from like really not growing, which by the way, I was reading a bunch about like nocturnal sleep disorders last night related to eczema and how it really stunts growth because you need the sleep for your growth. And it makes sense, but it's profound when you read it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh man. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, and it's such an issue in itching and et cetera. So anyway, I've seen this a few times where kiddos really don't have that much of an appetite or they're not wanting to eat a whole lot. And then we do some prebiotics. Prebiotics are different than probiotics, right? Um, It's what the good bacteria eat. But it's like flipping a switch um, where then suddenly they have an appetite. So that's what that made me think of right there. Ah, I was more referring to the elderly when I answered your question. But with kids, it's a little bit more difficult because, of course, it is medicine and they feel like they don't like the taste usually. Some kids like sour and that's great, but uh, most kids do not. And so you have to kind of slowly start to sneak it in or literally treat it like medicine with an eyedropper and just start to slowly change their palate in that way. And I think it's amazing because... You know, what you're doing is while they're craving those simple sugars and instead of giving them the simple sugars, just the act of giving them this probiotic rich cultured food that's sour, it's literally telling the bad guys, the bad bacteria, the pathogens are the ones that aren't helping us at all to take a back seat and the others are being fed. So it's bringing a type of harmony to the microbiome in the upper GI right away. So I see children losing their sugar cravings and not just kids either, like I say to adults and anyone who has a sugar craving issue, if you feel, and I know it's completely contrary to what you're doing, but you're craving something sugary, instead do a shot of coconut kefir or if you can't get your hands on that, maybe some diluted raw apple cider vinegar 
And it's not what you want, but if you think of it like medicine, it starts to alter your palate for sweet. And then you start to crave, you know, the sugar cravings go away. And I know this from experience because I had terrible sugar cravings where, you know, now I'll sit down to a whole bowl of cultured veggies, which is you could have never have convinced me to do that, you know? So it alters the microbiome quickly, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to change gears a little bit, one of the things we talked about when we first met was how you started this estrogen dominant support group. So let me go back a little bit. Where did that idea come from? Why did you do that? And maybe mention what estrogen dominance or estrogen excess looks like and how estrogen should be in balance with other hormones. Yeah. So after meeting my husband and kind of just spending, you know, many, many years working on my gut health and working on mineral balance and pH balance and detoxifying, I was doing great. But the one thing that was not budging at all was that I was not able to carry a pregnancy and I was having the worst periods and cysts and fibroids and endo and you name it. I was that classic case of just hormone hell. And I couldn't alter it no matter how much I really, some things would change, but I couldn't fix it. So I started to look into bioidentical hormones and I found progesterone therapy, which is different than just a conventional doctor. You know, gyno might put you on what I call the maintenance phase, which is just, you know, your luteal phase of progesterone, like 75 milligrams or something like that. I found this website of this woman, Ray, who it's called progesteronetherapy.com. And she was talking about high doses, like mega doses of progesterone to help stop bleeding, to help shrink fibroids, to help get rid of polyps. I mean, I was blown away by this even to deal with melasma, things I'd never heard anybody talking about. And I was at the end of my rope. I was already getting to that point where I could no longer have children or at least attempt to. And I was like, I've got to just do this. I've got to try it because nothing's helping. Next would be like hysterectomy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I went, I did it. I was on the Body Ecology Diet Support Group on Facebook. And in that group, everybody, no matter what, every day, people would talk about their hormones. They would say, can this help with hormones? So I started to talk about progesterone therapy and then I felt like I was kind of hijacking the group a little bit because a lot of people had interest in hormones. So I started my own group, which was the estrogen dominant support group. And within a matter of weeks, we had almost a thousand people mm-hmm. and now we're at 12,000 almost. I think it might be a little more. And it's just growing because this is such a, I just want to say epidemic, you know, just like it's such a, it's so common for women to just be suffering so much. Right. So I shifted a little bit my perspective from gut health, even though I still feel like it's foundational. And also, once I started the progesterone, I think having your gut health in place, worked out, you know, you've got your liver working, you've got everything working, your detox organs are functioning well, digestion is upregulated, and then you start something like progesterone therapy, it's a win-win. But it's when you try to work just from using progesterone therapy or just using bioidentical, try to bring balance to the body in that way without having worked on your sleep hygiene and all that other stuff. That's when I think it gets more complicated. So I started the group and it's incredible. I mean, it's just amazing. 
Yeah. And I would agree that estrogen excess, which feels can look like, like you said, fibroids and endometriosis, but it can also just look like painful, uncomfortable periods and cramps and possibly heavy bleeding or maybe breaking out before a period. And that often is in relationship to low progesterone. So usually the high estrogen pushes down the low progesterone. Now, one of the takeaways from kind of Dutch Summit and just in general is they talked about hormone and hormone replacement therapy kind of across the lifespan. And so I want to just clarify this to be clear, because one of the takeaways I picked up from being at, and I should clarify also, we were talking about being at this conference and Dutch stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. This is really nice, well done, clinically peer-reviewed research backed testing. And anyway, it shows the relationship between progesterone and estrogen and testosterone and cortisol and many, many things. It does urinary biomarkers by urinary metabolites for nutrients as well. So anyway, I wanted to clarify that. That's what we were talking about. Well, one of the takeaways that I took away from the conference was that, and I'm curious if you got this vibe, I got the vibe that people are kind of just shooting in the dark with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. <laughs> like they're like, let's try this and see. Let's try this and see. But I also want to clarify in general as well that as we get older, like naturally, this is just life, our body starts to downregulate estrogen and progesterone. And that's the entrance of kind of perimenopause and then menopause. Like that's what naturally happens. But it feels uncomfortable because it's like puberty in reverse. And Mm -hmm. so it's not very fun, right? And so anyway, so there's some schools of thought that you should support progesterone from a nutritional standpoint or things that naturally support progesterone at different ages, like at younger ages, like try to help the body do it on its own before just replacing it, depending on certain ages, right? And like what you were doing was different. Yeah, right. Like you were, and I don't know what your, I don't know, I don't know what your age was or whatever or why, you know, you decide. And this is just what happens anyway. Like when you see someone having success with this unusual thing, it's like, well, Heck, I'll just try this, right? But it was very successful and it worked well. So, and you don't have to tell us your age around when that was. But I was just kind of wondering, like, if you got the same takeaways (laughs) from the Dutch uh, Fest as well. It's like, "Mm, I feel like people really, like, they really are just shooting in the dark with some of this. I mean, I wrote, I kept writing down, wow, even these experts up here are conflicting in some of their information. I kept writing that down next to a lot of the PowerPoint slides because I was like, oh, that's not what she said and that's not what he said. And that was one of my questions at the end was, you guys don't agree on everything. And I'm curious about this and this. And it is, I think it's because, well, I think there's two things. One, I don't think that there has been enough research just for whatever reason. And two, I think that there are so many variables within each individual person's biochemistry and medical history. And so around the time that, well, I've always had hormonal problems from puberty, late, late, late puberty, just like crazy hormonal problems. I spent my adult life in a lot of discomfort. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing to say, well, it's natural for the body to downregulate as you mm-hmm. age and da da da. Of course. I mean, there's entire cultures on this planet that don't even have a name for menopause. Mm-hmm. They just have, it's just the change. They don't have this misery that so many people now, especially in Western civilized culture and Western cultures. And, you know, we can say it has to do with diet and there's this toxic burden and the stress levels. And yes, for sure. But I think that there are all these other components too. Like with me, I've dealt with multiple infections my whole life, like mm-hmm. viral infections since I was born. I think there's an infective load that a lot of people carry that 
cause all kinds of epigenetic issues that cause different, you know, genetic SNPs to be revealed and to affect how you process hormones and how you methylate. And oh my God, I mean, it's so complex. In the group of all these women, there's so much anecdotal. You know, I was going to tell Mark, who's the creator of Mark Newman's the creator of Dutch, uh, for those that don't know. And I want to tell him, look, if you want to use my group, they would be happy to volunteer all of this research that they're doing on themselves. They were all guinea pigging ourselves. And so for me, so I'm going to be 50 in November coming up. Thank you. Yay. So I'm going to be 50 in November. And when I started progesterone therapy, I think I was probably about 39, Mm -hmm. 38 and right away started like mega dosing. And now I realize and the takeaway for me with progesterone therapy in particular was that if you're doing that much, something's being overlooked, mm-hmm. right? So that's right. what they, that's what I took away from them. They're like, yeah. So I think there was for me, there was some cortisol issues and some issues with infection that I, it was really hard for me to manage. And I think each individual woman, because you look on the group and you see people who do the same exact protocol as the next girl and the next woman and the next person and have completely different results. Totally. And, and you, so it's a, yeah, shooting you, in the dark was a great expression. Yeah. You said earlier, you said, well, I kind of transferred from like gut health to, I mean, I'm kind of putting those words in your mouth, but you kind of said you kind of transitioned a little bit from gut health to kind of hormone stuff a little bit, kind of, but really gut health is hormone health. And for as complex as gut health is, like there are so many oxymorons or things that contradict each other in gut health. There are many more in hormones because gut health is a component of hormone health, in my opinion. And you just said the same thing in very different words that if you have an infectious or a viral load or something, which I see all the time, really. So hormones are such a buzzword, but it's really an umbrella for a lot of stuff underneath of it, right? It's bacteria stuff. It's nutrient issues. It's elimination issues. It's it's several things, right? Well said. Definitely stress. It's definitely stress. It's not just (laughs) that at all that we're running around with high cortisol for a long time and we can't even notice. We don't even see the difference. I talked to some this morning who said that she said i think my stress level is elevated so often i can't tell the difference and i agree i think i was the exact same way until i started talking about it i mean this podcast isn't called the less stress life because i'm some expert about stress it was a synonym for inflammation and i wanted to be able to reach a bigger audience of people that knew beyond you know everyone can resonate with the word stress not everyone knows how inflammation affects them right so yeah anyway but that was another big takeaway from that conference was the whole first day was like cortisol, circadian rhythms, like, and I thought, gosh, how do you convey this? I mean, it really kind of got me jazzed up for a while that I need to dive back in and play with because it is such a huge piece, the cortisol, circadian rhythms, sleep patterns, and just what our cortisol is doing. It's supposed to have this normal pattern of rise in the morning, you want to get out of bed, you want to be able to function and then go to bed at night, right? And Mm -hmm. for so many people, that's upside down and backwards. And if that's a mess, it's really hard for your body to correct anything else because it helps regulate your immune system and your metabolism right? The other buzzword, mm-hmm. right? So it's mm-hmm. like you said, when there's an adrenal issue, sort of almost takes priority. And it's a it hormone does. issue, but you know, it's a subset. Yeah, you're right about that first day. I sat there and I couldn't write fast enough and type fast enough because I did a Facebook Live when I got back to my hotel room and I said, guys, stress. <laughs> if there's anything I can say, manage your stress, figure it out. I don't care what you have to do. Save your pennies. Do what you can. Find ways. Do box breathing. Do what you can. We. This was the big takeaway that not only fired me up like it did you, but it kind of scared me mm-hmm. because I feel like 
the whole 5G, the whole Wi-Fi, EMF, electromagnetic frequency pollution that we're dealing with, I think that's making it very difficult. I think that it's more of an endocrine disruptor than we really even realize. And I think that's a big, a big player for sure. And I was going to say, I wrote it down here. Oh, another thing on the second day that got kind of validated for me that I've been working on for a couple of years now, and I never, ever knew this, was the recycling of estrogen in the bowel. So you can be methylating, you can be conjugating and eliminating all of your estrogens correctly. Everything's working well. Your Dutch looks good in some ways, but then you have this weird recycling problem because the bowel is so slow. And I had this Kiran Krishnan, he's a microbiologist that you might have yeah, heard of. Know him. <laughs> who, oh my God. So I love him so much. And I had him on a couple of times and he talks about that at length. And I see this a lot with my clients and I see it, I used to see it a lot more with myself where, you know, if you're going to the bathroom once a day, maybe you're just recycling back into the system and you are dealing with now these excess estrogens once again, mm -hmm. and they become even more toxic in that way. And that was a big takeaway too. I was like, you know, gut health is so critical for balance, for the balance of the hormones. So yeah, it's, that the was it's foundational. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it is foundational because you have to be able to metabolize estrogen with good gut bacteria. One thing I was just going to mention, because when you were talking about excess estrogens being so significant, one of the reasons they're so significant is because of the environment as well, or like what's coming in or what the body uses estrogens, right? So xenoestrogens. Yeah. But yeah, Quran is, I think everyone loves Quran. I was at his conference <laughs> a month ago and his podcast episode is still the most popular, right? He's just so good. Um, yeah, bringing things home and just kind of like wowing people. So yeah. Kitty, so if you had a gut reaction on what you wanted to leave people with today, what would that be? You know, I see this over and over and over. And it's a level of feeling overwhelmed and frustrated. You know, you look at you get online, and you feel like you need to be a biochemist yourself in order to figure out your own health or the health of your children. And it's so daunting. And I see people, especially for women who are getting to that point where dysregulation, hormone imbalance is really kind of a thing. And they're trying to raise their family. They're trying to have a happy home. They're trying to maintain their marriage. And this is so daunting. I feel like what I would love people to do, and that's why I was trying to get my books to be so simple is to like narrow things down. Just take on one thing at a time. Don't get overwhelmed by your 23andMe and your epigenetic this and all these different markers and your allergy testing. Unless you have a functional doctor who is going to take you through that process where you've got that support. Otherwise, I would just say, narrow it down, start at the gut, work your way. And that's kind of it. I mean, you know, of course, there's a lot under that umbrella, but that's a lot to work on to just keep it simple and start at the gut. I think yeah. that's the big thing. It's hard to describe months of work in like a minute, right? <laughs> so it anyway, is. I'll just leave it, it at that. Yeah. Where can people find you? You can find me on my baby, my Stuff Your Doctor Should Know podcast, and that's iTunes, Spotify, and on HealthyGutGirl.com, and also on HealthyGutGirl.com. On Instagram, HealthyGutGirl underscore, it's my favorite place to be. I love posting mini blogs, so I keep things, keep all my science and quick to read easy snippets. And uh, yeah, so social media, of course, <laughs> lovely social media. Mm -hmm. And then my books, of course, are mm -hmm. available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. Well, thank you so much for coming on and riffing with me about our experience at Dutch Fest and beyond. Oh, thanks for having me. It was so, so fun. Thank you. 
One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 